Back at it again, Birdie's Not BS, Dougie Fresco here with uh, my girl, my homie, my ace boom coon, Cheyenne Woods. What's going on, Sha? What's up? It's me, and I'm whooped, man. You, you sound like it. Look, look <laughs> the, they won't see you, but I can, and you do look like you just got in a fight with a golf course. Uh, I kind of did. You know, today I, for the first time, played Beth Page Black, and I uh, definitely lived up to the hype, man. <laughs> I tell you, you know, Beth Page, as we've talked about in other episodes, literally my favorite golf course. I think there's a, it's, I, I call it beautifully difficult. So being it that it was your first time out there, tell us a little bit about your experience, because I know you already had, an, you, you thought you was going to be in a cart. That's the first problem. That's where I went wrong right off the bat. You know, I came, <laughs> I had, you know, my snacks, I had my little backpack and I'm looking for the cart and, you know, the black course, there's no carts allowed. So mentally that already kind of, no carts, kind of beat me up a little bit. Uh, you know, this is the first time, honestly, this is the first time that I've walked with my bag in years. Uh Oh, yeah. So yeah, right off the bat, it was a struggle, but, um, honestly this course, it, man, I've heard so much about it. I've seen it on TV, but I know it's your favorite course and I see why, I mean, from start to finish, it was insane. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I don't think a lot of people understand the undulations that, that are there in that part of New York. Um, and I can only imagine you and your golf bag going up and down those hills with a push cart, you with extra weight in that push cart. But tell me something. <laughs> a lot of people have to go, you know, traditionally when somebody goes and plays Beth Page, they go, you know, to the state park that evening before they sleep in the car, they congregate with the folks and create, you know, uh, uh, some camaraderie there. And then park ranger comes over about 5 a.m., gives you a ticket then you take it up to the pro shop. Did you have to go through any of that or did you actually have a tea time? You know what? I did not get the full experience oh, now that you're <laughs> say it ain't so you know, as as tempting as it was and it sounds Bougie. like it's a great experience, I just Bougie. you know, I knew what my tea time was and I showed up an hour before. <laughs> but we did get paired with two, you know, local guys, just random two some that got paired with us and that was cool. Cause, you know, for me, I don't know. I miss that in just playing and showing up at a course and getting paired with two people. You get to know them. They knew the course, so they kind of showed me the ropes. And they're two guys straight from New York, you know. Oh, so so y'all had, just... you had a lot of conversation. They were probably excited <laughs> as hell to play with y'all. And let me tell you this, too. My, my other full New York experience was going into the pro shop and I'm standing in line trying to get my little touristy ball markers. Okay. And, um, the two guys in front of me just snapped. were telling off the guy working in the pro shop attitude. And I, I was taken back by it. Cause I forgot where I was. I was like, Welcome what is to going New on? York. Welcome to <laughs> New York, man, left and right. People had attitudes. Yeah. And then they leave as if they, you know, there was no argument to begin with. Like, it's totally normal. And the guy behind the counter, like, it was normal. It was chilling. Man, I feel for you, but I'm sure he's seen worse. Think about it. He's got five courses that he's got to deal with up there at Beth Page, so he's getting (laughs) cussed out all damn day. Especially, I'm surprised you didn't cuss him out with no carts out there. Right. (laughs) Man, let me tell you, no carts. Well, it's like an eight-mile walk up and down. It's hot out here. It's humid. But I'm not going to complain because the course was absolutely beautiful. Like, the, hard, the hard part, though, is when you get to like um, when you come off of 14 green and you go across the street. Yes. And then you look at that hill oh going up 15 gosh. and you're like, oh, shit, I got to really go up. And then you got to come back down and then go back up. It's, yes. 
Maybe but 16. I'm, I'm 16. glad that we had uh, we had locals with us and in front of us. So I saw the shortcut. I left my little pull cart to the left. <laughs> and I walked up that hill with my two clubs. Absolutely. And uh, that saved my life because I was about done after hole six. I had to ask a few times what hole we were on because it just felt like I was out there all day. But... <laughs> I got to tell you, yeah, one through 18, every single hole was beautiful. It's in great shape. The rough was nasty. And you really have to hit shots out there. You have to be creative. You you have to. Uh, And I love golf courses like that. See, I like Beth Page because you got to hit it on certain sides of the fairway. Like if you you can't air, like, you know, you take a hole like uh, five, you hit it down the left side of five and that green is behind that like ridge. And then behind the tree line on top of the ridge, you can't even access it. You got to play a par four or three shots. Right. Yes. You know, you but, have uh, to think your way through it. So, no, I really enjoyed myself and I can see why it's your favorite course of all time. Absolutely. I would say I would love to go back and play it again, but I might have to take a caddy. <laughs> <laughs> you just might need less stuff in that big ass bag. Maybe like yeah. three less chapsticks and you'd be straight. Right. Okay. <laughs> next time I'll know. All right, so it's Sunday. We're recording. We know this will come out Thursday. Dustin Johnson getting the W with the Travelers this week. You know, and watching Dustin today is really the impetus for, you know, what I wanted to talk to you about and, and, and offer to our listeners today because Dustin Johnson winning again marks one win for the last 13 years. Like, that is a feat. Some guys make it to the tour. They don't win one. He's won yep. one time for, wow. you know, 13 years in a row. And I just think that's so impressive to me what Dustin was able to accomplish at the Travelers. A hundred percent. And I, as big of a name as Dustin Johnson is, I feel like that stat and honestly his career is somewhat under the radar. He's one of those players that yes, he's always at the top, but he doesn't necessarily get the respect. And I don't know, maybe respect's not the word, but the acknowledgement as a Rory or a Jordan Spieth, even though he has had the longevity and, like you said, the consistency of just winning, having his name at the top. Yeah, it's only one win a year, but at the PJ Tour, that's huge, you know, PJ Tour level. I think it goes to show you what majors do to your reputation on the PGA Tour. It's, it's one of those things where you can win, you know, uh, the Puerto Rico Open every year and not really get that much credit or acclaim. You win a major every few, like what, Jordan's got four or th- three or four. Rory's got four or five. You know, Brooks has four. Like you look at those guys and, and they don't get in the same conversation as Dustin. They're in a, in, a, in a higher conversation when you hear the announcers talking about, you know, Brooks versus Dustin or Jordan versus Dustin. Hell, even JT is kind of in that Dustin Johnson, a little underrated with a bunch of wins. Just winning majors puts you in a whole different light. It really does. I mean, us as golf fans, we love the, the biggest platform spotlight that you can be in. And if you're not winning majors... Yeah, you're playing good golf, but we we want to see major champions and we want to see the flash and the excitement. And, you know, Dustin Johnson has the length and he has some excitement to his game. But in terms of his career, he definitely, I believe, is underrated with what he just doesn't have. He doesn't have that same uh, uh, luster in the post round interview, though. You know, you talk to Dustin, you're going to get a bunch (laughs) of ums and yeahs. And I don't know. I mean, my favorite Dustin Johnson quote is when you're trying to hit a cut, make sure you fade it. It's like wow, that's <laughs> that's amazing swing advice. That's but he's is he cut, lying? He's not lying. Like if you're gonna right. hit a cut, it's gotta go. It's gotta move. You know, it just but, needs to go from left to right. 
Exactly. For a right-handed player, for sure. So, right. along those lines of Dustin Johnson, his consistency over the last 13 years, got the longest active streak of wins in a year on the PGA Tour. I do want to dive into it a little bit regarding consistency and the, and the definition of consistency and what it means and, and how our listeners can, you know, go out week after week and play the best golf they can uh, and, and resemble that. And Cheyenne, I'll let you start and we'll go kind of go back and forth with some of our keys to consistency. So I will start it off. Um, one of the things that I believe is key to having any type of consistency on the golf course is knowing your game. For me, knowing my game, what I need to work on when I'm practicing by keeping stats. When I'm out on the golf course, I'm marking down how many fairways am I missing it right or left? Where am I hitting it on the green? How close am I from 100 yards can, you know, throughout the round? If I can keep my stats, I know exactly where my game is. I know exactly what I need to be working on. And that's how you can consistently know what you need to work on and get better. Where do you house those stats? Like once you've played around and you have the data, what do you do then with that information? So I'll write them down just in a notebook. I don't, I don't have, you know, a a chart or an, there's plenty of apps. I think that people should be aware that there are so many apps that will actually track your stats, map it out so you can see the percentage of what you're doing on the golf course. Um, I know they're great. I just don't use them. I like old school, I guess, of just kind of seeing it on pen and paper. Um, So I look at it just in my little notebook of every round. What did I do? Where did I go wrong? How can I get better? And that's how I can then see my progress or, you know, if I'm not making progress and move from there. And work on that. See, you know, for me, I think one of the biggest keys to consistency in this digital era is where you get your information about your golf game. Um, There's so much information on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, just Golf Channel, NBC Sport, everywhere, every media outlet has some shit to say about golf. So I think one of those, an easy way to, to gain some consistency is to to limit the amount of information that you're actually taking in and using a single source for that information. I love that. I mean, 100%, there's just overwhelming amounts of information, and a lot of it isn't consistent. So how are you going to be consistent if your information is not consistent? That's my attitude. So pick your resource, stick with it, because that's the only way that you can then carry that over to the golf course. Yeah, you don't see that. You don't see tour players with six coaches. Well, they might have six coaches, be it <laughs> a strength and conditioning coach, a nutritionist, a swing coach, a mental coach, uh, uh, a hype man, and, and, and they mama. You know, that's, that's a team. That's a, a coaching team. But it's consistency. It's the same week in and week out. And I think to that as well, because I, you know, being on tour the last few years, you've seen the players that hop from coach to coach that I feel like is just someone searching. And you There's don't see no them on way- top of the leaderboard. There's no way that you can even see if there's any type of progress or consistency if you're not able to stick with one coach for more than six months. So once you find your resource, stick with it, trust it, give it a decent amount of time to actually see if there is progress in in that working for your game. And I think that goes along the lines of clubs, too. Like you can't be changing your equipment, you know, over and over like underwear trying to, you know, buy a golf game. Just searching, 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 golf ball, driver, putter. It's not a game. Sometimes, you know, you're a club fitter. Yes, a club can magically straighten out your shot. But I always say tweaking and just searching is not 
the best, give it some time and see over a few weeks or a few months if this is a consistent miss that you believe can be taken away. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, I love that. Uh, I would say the next thing for myself, keys to consistency, uh, more of a mental side of it, but expectations of what to even expect out of your game, your performance on this particular day, week, month, how much have you been practicing? What are you working on? Um, expectations are huge in, in just feeling good about your game and not getting down on yourself because it is so easy to be hard on yourself. We all have bad rounds. We all know that golf is a roller coaster ride. You know, you're not going to shoot even par. Say you're a scratch golfer. You're not going to shoot even par every single day. I think to your point, consistency regarding expectation. I think if, you, if you're a player that's never shot in the 70s and you're trying to break 80 for the first time and you you know your last few rounds are 88 87 86 and you shoot 81 or 80 i feel like you need to celebrate that 80 um yeah. and celebrate the fact that you you've seen 77 or 80 87s and the fact that now it's like oh shit i'm getting that much closer you know it's funny i think not even i think i know people put a lot of stress on themselves because they expect more than their talent level allows. If you're not good enough to shoot in the seventies, then work to be good enough to shoot the seventies and, and manage your expectations that 80 and 81 is a good round. And that, you know what? 84 is actually an average day. And, you know, tour players have average days all the time. You know, shooting 69s and seventies for them is average. Right. you know, so tempering your expectation to match your talent level, I also think can gain you can gain some consistency through that. Definitely. And we all know that if you're working on something, working to break 80, working to break 70, you're going to have the good days, but you're also going to have the growing pains of, like you said, the round of 84, 85, 86, where some things are good and some things you just really need to continue to work on and use that as a note to continue Working towards consistency. No, Shai, I want to expound upon your your last kind of statement about expectations because, you know, the next thing I had was understanding your truths. And I think people don't take enough time to understand what does work for them and what doesn't work for them, i.e. feels. We all have different feels. You know, if you want to feel like you're swinging the club left or you want to feel like you're swinging the club right, that's your feel. So whatever that is, keep that consistent. consistent. Try to, over time, gain the ability to make a repetition. Try over time to make a swing that is consistent uh, as relates to what you're feeling in your golf swing. And along those same lines, coaching that I mentioned before, whatever you and your coach are working on, work on that only and work on that until you can do it subconsciously. And for me, it's like knowing your truth is knowing what to practice. I hate seeing the people that go to the driving range and you've seen it in pro-amps where these guys and gals are, they get a bucket of balls, they tee up driver immediately and they hit a bucket full of drivers and then they go home. And it's like, you, (laughs) you didn't accomplish anything. Like how, You didn't, you learned how to not hit your driver. Right. And I think, like I was saying before, that's the importance of stats too. You know, you keep your stats and then, like you mentioned, know what you're practicing, why you're practicing, and what specifically in your game is going to help you on the golf course. (laughs) Our last key to wrap up our top five is um, 
I think a lot of people get bogged down with, quote, swing thoughts. I need right. to get the club in this position, that position. I need to get my wrist over here. I need to get my feet, my posture, stance. Club face has got to point to. No, 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 no. I think little cues um, are huge as it relates to finishing your swing and balance. Um, you know, making sure your grip pressure is, is consistent and you're not tensing the grip at the top of the backswing. Whatever feels or whatever non-swing related swing thoughts you can put into your golf game, I think that, I, I don't think, I know that's going to make you more consistent. <laughs> like for me, I always want to feel as though I have a consistent grip pressure from the time I grip the club through my finish position. If I can maintain that pressure, I know that I'm going to gain some consistency with my game. Everyone is so different. Everyone's swing is so different. Everyone learns differently. So whatever swing thought works for you, I always encourage people to keep it simple. One, maybe two, but keep it simple. Keep it consistent. Now, I want to ask you, Doug, is there ever a time and place to have those technical you know, maybe more complex swing thoughts? Like, would you take that on the range if you're just practicing or do you keep it simple all the way through your golf game practice and playing? Well, I think, you know, along those lines of practicing, I practice in kind of a a three-stage or three-step process. So, you know, when I get to the golf course and I get to the range, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to set up and I'm going to time myself. I, I do this all the time. I like to take 10 minutes where I'm working on grip, aim, stance, posture, right? Gasp, G-A-S-P, grip, aim, stance, posture. Yeah, fundamentals. And, and in that 10 minutes, I am working, you know, I'll take two minutes. It's just grip. Is my grip correct? Okay, let's hit some shots. Okay. Um, is my stance right? Do I need to widen my feet? Because every day you wake up, your body's going to be different. You're going to react differently to, to just life. Uh, you might sleep crooked and now your right side's a little tighter than your left side. So um, understanding that, you know, that's that's the time to do that, you know, for that. I call it, we call that block practice. So right. first part of my practice is block. And then the next part of my practice, I want to um, I want to hit shot shapes. You know, I want to hit lows, highs. I call it tic-tac-toe. So I want to hit a high draw, a low cut, a straight ball, high straight ball. And I try to hit each one of those kind of windows, if you will, on the tic-tac-toe board as I'm practicing. And then the third step I do is I go into just randomized practice where I'm going through my pre-shot routine. Um, I'm picturing a shot or a hole or a pin location, and I'm playing holes on the range. So you'll see me hit one driver, and then I'll put the club in the bag, go through my pre-shot routine. I'll hit um, say I'm hit, playing a par four, I'll hit an eight iron. I'll say to myself, I got to hit this, you know, low cut. Okay. And then if I have executed that, you'll see me put that back in the bag and then I'll hit the next tee shot with maybe a three wood or, or a long iron. And then I go back and forth doing that. So taking those three different approaches to block practice, you know, playing tic-tac-toe and then random practice for me, that's how I got better at the game. I love that. I like sectioning off your practice. Each section has a purpose and a focus. I also want to just tell the people real quick that when you are practicing and you're working on the mechanics or you're working on your swing thought, it's also important to have it. Maybe half your practice is totally non-performance based, result based. You know, I'm simply wanting to go through the process mentally and mechanically of getting it down. And I'm not going to hit it perfect every single time. And then maybe towards the end, like when you're doing, you know, your random distances and holes and shape shots, you can see how you can actually execute and how the performance is. But um, definitely, I love that. And simple swing thoughts when you're on the course, for sure. We don't want to make this game more complicated than it needs to be. Golf's hard as hell. You know, you, yeah. you folks that are listening <laughs> to this podcast are deemed golfers. You've got the bug. You are addicted. Like a, this is the best drug I've ever taken. 
Uh, not that I have that much experience, but this, <laughs> this, this drug right here called golf is crazy. It will drive you crazy. So in order to be consistent, you have to own your space. I think that's probably the most important key to all this. Own your space, own your golf game. Um, the person you're paying for information, it's not going to really make you, I mean, they're not responsible. They are responsible to make you a better player, but they're not responsible for you and the effort you make between lesson and lesson. That's on mm -hmm. you. So knowing your truths, um, managing your expectations, and just understanding that this shit is hard. I think you'll be a better player. So let us know your feedback about this episode. Definitely want to know what you think your keys to consistency are. And let's uh, get this out and put some information out so we can all just get better at this game. Cheyenne is late on the East Coast. Appreciate you uh, uh, recording. Always. You know, it's like 11 o'clock on the East Coast. So she's Man. out there doing her thing in New York. So always appreciate it. Um, Birdiesnotbs.com. Birdiesnotbs on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, hit us up give us your questions you know we love to hear from you so don't be shy ha don't be shy see that how I did that hey ah. shy <laughs> <laughs>